Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together, along with my amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights, and they are aimed to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must-listen, and I'll say it again, it's because of my guest. So when you're, whether you're tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or professional development strategies, get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. And today I get to welcome to the show Mike Begg. He is an e-commerce expert. He is the co-founder of AMZ Advisors, and they are generating over half a billion with a B in client sales. We're going to be talking largely today, I think, about Amazon. So Mike is an entrepreneur and an expert in e-commerce and digital marketing, Amazon, and others. And in 2015, 2015, he co-founded AMZ Advisors with two partners. And as I mentioned, that company has generated half a billion in sales for his I'm I'm stuttering over that. That's a lot of money for his clients. And along the AMZ team, Mike also operates AMZ courses, providing education for Amazon sellers to optimize sales on the platform and go advance, which is assisting brands in expanding into Latin America. And Mike enjoys, really enjoys sharing advice and assistance on businesses and anything related to Amazon and building efficient businesses. And that's important. So welcome to your partner in success. Mike, it's good to have you. Thank you for having me here, Denise. Thank you for that great uh, introduction. That was a little bit long-winded, but I think you covered pretty much everything that I've done. <laughs> I there, I couldn't figure out what to cut out. It's all <laughs> important and it's a big deal. And as I've I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent. As I was sharing with you a few minutes ago in the virtual green room, I had something of a shock. I took one box. I, you know, normally I drop ship. I use Amazon a lot. Um, you know, other companies, if I can just have it sent, I'm good. I don't have to touch it. And I took this box. It's 13 pounds. It was going to go from Louisiana to California. It's for my little niece. It had her Christmas presents all wrapped up. And it was $75. I remember just kind of, it just, I was so startled. I said out loud, I don't love anybody that much. I mean, it was shocking to me. I almost snatched it back, but I made the decision yesterday. I will never ship again through UPS or, or USPS. I'm done with that. I will drop ship everything. And I think many of us are going down that same route. Yeah, I mean, I would say more and more people are are constantly buying products online. And one of the big reasons for a lot of these cost increases is just the volume of products being purchased online or being sent online uh, during Q4. I mean, some of my clients are seeing delays now where their products can't uh, ship from Amazon for 11 to 12 days. Oh, so, yes. yeah, it's crazy right now. Is that just for the Christmas or is it other factors that we should pay attention to? I believe it's just Christmas. So if you need to get your shopping done, it's a good time to do it now. 
my shopping's done. (laughs) (laughs) And I shop, I'm one of those people that I shop all year long. You know, I don't wait for the Black Fridays or I'm, you know, waiting, you know, till December 10th to send everything out. And I already called my niece and said, look, you've got a package coming, but from now on, you're going to be getting Christmas presents across the year. You're going to know that they're Christmas presents and you're going to need to hide them and wrap them yourself. She said, no problem. (laughs) So that's done. That decision is made and it's set in stone. I wish I was as proactive as you are when it comes to Christmas shopping. (laughs) I'm done. I was done a long time ago, but I just, you know. I don't like crowds. So that's one of the reasons I don't want to wait in line and I don't want to spend a crap ton of money to get something where it needs to go. So let's talk about you. Thank you for letting me rant. I mean, I genuinely was shocked. I, I'm still shocked. So tell me about you. Tell me about your company and, and how you got started. What is your story? Sure. So uh, my company, AMZ Advisors, is the first company I started since then. I've I've started a few other ones, but the entire idea for AMZ Advisors uh, really can't goes back uh, years. At this point, we're looking at probably 10, 12 years ago. Uh, myself, my two founding partners, we all were out of school working uh, jobs that we weren't really happy in and trying to figure out ways to, to make money or to start our own business. Uh, from there, we came across the idea of being able to sell products on Amazon. And the first thing we started selling on Amazon were actually eBooks. So uh, you can essentially publish your own eBooks on the Amazon platform. Uh, we started throwing up a bunch of eBooks, uh, started creating them. We were actually outsourcing all the work to a ghostwriter to create all the eBooks. And from there, we started making royalties every month. I mean, it was nothing crazy, but we were making a couple hundred dollars a month from the royalties. We started saving up some of that money and we just kept digging more and more into what was going on in the Amazon space. And uh, we found that you could also sell products on Amazon. And this was a shock to us. We were like, oh, all right. We thought Amazon was selling all of these. I didn't know these were other people selling these products. So from there, we started developing different ideas for brands. Uh, We decided to focus on an art supply brand, uh, created our own brand from uh, Chinese manufacturers in, in China, imported the product to the US and started selling the product on Amazon. The first day that we started selling, uh, we did about 30 units and we were like, wow, all right, we're on to something. This is incredible. Uh, And then from there, we realized that a lot of companies don't know what they're doing. I mean, in the art supply category, the the elephant in the room is Crayola. And we were beating Crayola on a lot of product sales or a lot of product categories. So we were like, all right, well, maybe we can help these other companies be successful as well. And that's where the idea of AMD Advisors comes from. And we just partner with brands and help them uh, sell more on the Amazon platform. So uh, that's kind of how we got to where the company is today or the, the, the I guess, the origin story of the company uh, to sum it up in a, in a shorter time period. Well, that makes sense. And, you know, for the longest, and listen, I've been an Amazon aficionado for years because I love to read. You know, I I will watch TV once in a while, not often, but you give me a book and I'm all in. So it was important to me. And then, you know, as I watched and I kind of said, hmm, but like, like you just said, I didn't realize that other companies were selling them. I did catch myself stupidly wondering, how can they create all these things? That's magic. I mean, I should have known better, but I didn't. I just didn't go that deep into it. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it was kind of shocking to us when we first realized that most of these brands out there were uh, not being sold by Amazon. I think it was even a, a, as long ago as like 2019, I think like almost 60% of products on Amazon were sold by third parties, not by Amazon themselves. So there's been a huge opportunity for a long time for brands to get on there, uh, onto the platform, I should say, and start selling. And we've seen the growth over time. Uh, we started AMD Advisors in 2015. So we've been managing a lot of big brands since then. And we've seen their sales just grow year after year after year after year. And it's impressive uh, to see how much higher it keeps going as more and more people are shifting to purchasing online. Well, there's, and there's so many reasons for it. I just, you know, recounted one, you know, shipping is just insane and shipping's a pain in the fanny. Let's face it. Nobody wants to, you know, put a bunch of boxes in their car at Christmas and elbow each other to try to get into the post office door. But I have noticed over the last few years that nobody is standing in line. They're not even in the grocery store anymore. They're not, I don't do malls, but people are shopping more and more online. The convenience, the free shipping with Amazon for most, you know, and we know it's not really free. We know it's hidden in the the cost of the product, but we don't care. We don't have to, you know, package it up and go, how much? You know, tell me what? <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore. But I think the convenience is a huge factor. And just the sheer number of products or services, even services that you can find on Amazon. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the product selection is incredible. Uh, and that's, I, I think because of that, because of convenience, because of product selection, because of uh, prices as well. I mean, just when you're searching for products online, Amazon typically has the lowest price for whatever product you're looking for. So there's a lot of reasons why more and more people are going to the platform. And this same idea of product selection, convenience, uh, you know, where everyone is going to shop inspired uh, my other business that you mentioned earlier, Go Avance. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, this is kind of what we're trying to solve for, for, for brands is how, and consumers, it's like, how do we get them more selection? How do we get them better products? And how do we put it in front of them while they're trying to you know, make a purchase or trying to find something that they want on Amazon? You know, what I have done a lot, and I think a lot of people do as well, is that I will go to Amazon to read the reviews. I may be buying it somewhere else. But I want to, the reviews typically don't show up all that well on most companies, which I think is a shame. But I'll say, mm, I don't know about this. You know, I may be looking at Walmart, something I need to put in my shopping cart to be delivered. I don't shop. And I'll say, oh, there's not enough information. And off I go. I type, you know, I will copy what the the title of the project product is. And I go to Amazon and I decide from there, is the price better here, number one. But what are the reviews telling me? If the reviews are not good, I'm not buying it from either company. Yeah, and you're not alone in that. Uh, there's something, the most recent numbers are like 70% of all online searches for products start on Amazon. So a lot of people are browsing on Amazon, seeing what other consumers think, and then going to these other platforms to purchase the, uh, the product, even from companies' websites sometimes. So it, it, it's become not only just a place to buy products, but a place to do your product research to see uh, what benefits one has over another, what the pros and cons are, and make smarter decisions when you're purchasing products online. Because the same, when you're purchasing anything online, there's always that question of you know, conf, uh, confidence, reliability, trust. Are you actually going to get the product? Is it fake? 
so many different things can go through your mind. And when you have Amazon kind of there as the, the central place to go gauge the trust of the consumer uh, that has purchased the product before, it really is a good sign. It makes your uh, purchasing decisions much easier. Exactly. And you just raised a question in my mind. That's Timu, I think it's called. They're popping up everywhere. And when you said, you know, is the is it fake? Are you going to get it? Timu, is that, that correct? Am I saying that properly? They're getting not, a yeah. heck of a bad, bad reputation. But they, as far as I can tell, are going head on with Amazon. I'm not familiar with Timu. I'll have to take a look I at think that it's more. Timu. Yeah, but, and I could be wrong, but those of you who are listening, just kind of check it out because I'm not hearing anything good about that. Amazon is tried and true. So what I wanted to talk with you about is let's just go ahead and assume that our audience wants to have their own Amazon structure. They they want to have their own little company on Amazon. Where do we start? Well, uh, the first place to start is to figure out what you want to sell. I mean, if you already have a product or you already have a company, that's great. That makes it that much easier. Uh, when you're going into the product research phase, there's a lot of different tools out there that you can use. For example, some of the common tools we use are called uh, Jungle Scout, Zonguru, Helium 10. And what these tools do is they actually help you see how many sales are happening on Amazon. So for example, uh, you go to Amazon and you search for a coffee mug. You can use this tool to see how many people are searching coffee mugs, how many coffee mugs are being sold, what the average reviews of the coffee mugs are, uh, a lot of different uh, data points that can help you make good decisions on whether a category is too competitive, whether there's an opportunity to get into it. Uh, all of this can be used to, to really determine where you want to focus your energy when you're, you're starting your own brand. That would be uh, the first recommendation is figuring out what you want to sell. And another recommendation I would make along with that, along those lines is uh, do something you're interested in as well. Uh, if it's in a category or uh, a product category that you have interest in or that you actively do something or that you really believe in or really you're passionate about, it'll be that much easier to sell and it'll come across that much more in your branding and your product quality and everything else. So that's always a good recommendation when you're considering what you want to do online. Uh, from there, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Dude. I I keep something just went wrong there. I apologize. No, my, it's all good. my monitor glitched out and with that went everything else. I need to buy a new monitor today. <laughs> so but you're right. And you know, a lot of us, and I know I am considering building a marketplace, if I don't even know what to call it, a marketplace on Amazon. And when I first started thinking about this, it was scary, like anything else. You just don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You don't know what the ins and outs are. So you find experts and here you are. So I'm going to tell everybody who is listening, go find him, go find Mike and find his company. And I believe you've got a tremendous YouTube um, platform where you give a lot of information out there. So anyway, go find. So let's talk about when it comes to selling on Amazon, where do most brands, the bigger brands, commonly encounter pitfalls? Because I see some myself, just because now I'm more aware. Like for just as a for instance, I have an 18 year old cat that she's she has um, insulin that she has to have twice a day, and I've been buying these the boxes of insulin needles for a long time, and all of a sudden they're out of stock. They're out of stock. They're out of stock. I dumped them and I went somewhere else. I don't know 
if this little company store even knows that they're not supplying what people are looking for. Yeah, uh, that's that's one common challenge that a lot of brands run into is obviously not having the inventory. Uh, when you start getting a certain level of success, you're going to be turning inventory quickly. So you really need to make sure you have a, a good supply chain, a good manufacturer, uh, or you have your own manufacturing if you you already own a factory. Uh, all of that's going to be extremely important to being visible on the platform because every time that your product is unavailable, like you just said, you're losing consumers. They're going somewhere else. They're purchasing a different product that's available. And you're pretty much undoing all the work that you you tried so hard to do. Uh, that's one of the common pitfalls that we see. Another one is kind of uh, at the initial phases of what I was just mentioning is if you're not visible, customers aren't going to be able to buy your product. If you're not investing in advertising or marketing on the platform, customers aren't going to be able to find your product. You won't have out of stock issues because you'll have a ton of inventory that you won't be able to sell. So the most the most important area where a lot of brands fail is like failing to advertise their products on the, on the Amazon platform. At the end of the day, Amazon is just one big search engine. It's like Google. And with with Google, with Amazon, there's different ranking factors that go into how visible a product is or how visible a web page is. And with Amazon, it's all related to the number of sales you're getting, the conversion rate, uh, how how long you've been selling. And when you influence those three factors or know how to influence those three factors is when you start ranking higher. And if you're a new seller, if you're trying to get your products out there, you need to invest in the advertising to get the visibility, to build that sales history, to build the conversion rates. And then from there, you'll start showing up more organically on the platform. So failing to invest in the platform is a big pitfall. Failing to manage your inventory is another very big pitfall. And then failing to, uh, to listen to your consumer or listen to your customer is probably the other biggest pitfall. You, you've talked about Amazon reviews already. Those reviews are a great opportunity for you as a seller to be able to actually understand what the consumer is telling you about the product, whether it has issues, whether they're confused how to use it, uh, whether they might want some other feature that doesn't currently exist, and then take that feedback and incorporate it into your product or incorporate it into your product development or even maybe just change the content on your product listing page so people actually understand how to use the product better. Using the information that the consumer gives you is probably one of the most powerful things about Amazon and not enough brands do that. And it's free. All you have to do is spend the time, create a strategy, create the time in your day to go research. It's free. Exactly. And even another great way to do it is even look at competitor listings. What do, the, what do customers like about competitors? What do they not like about competitor products? Does the product have a certain issue or do you have a feature that's better than this product? There's a lot of different ways to get the information out there. Obviously from your consumers is one way, but from what are, what customers are saying about your competitors is another big way where you can get a lot of insight into what the consumer market actually wants in this product type. Exactly. And I just lost my train of thought. I mean, I have so many questions for you. It just left. I know what it was. It was, you're talking about Amazon advertising. I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. So it's, it's part of being successful on the platform. Uh, I think if you look at any search result page now, uh, and maybe uh, I'm just so trained to it at this point, I know where I'm looking, but uh, pretty much any product that shows up in the first three places is usually a sponsored ad. Uh, sometimes, oh. yeah, sometimes there's a uh, sponsored banner ad at the top. There's ads that show up on the product pages. 
Um, all of these are just different ad inventory where you can place your product to get the visibility on the platform uh, for consumers to discover it. And there's a myriad of different strategies you can use to get your product visibility up. But essentially, it all comes down to the advertising piece. And, and Amazon has become, unfortunately, a pay-to-play pay pay platform. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Uh, over the past few years, if you're not advertising, you're not going to be found. And I think some of the most recent numbers came out from uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday is that spend on Amazon was up like 59% over the previous year. So more and more people are investing into the platform, investing into having their products found and all the different advertising tools that Amazon offers. Is Amazon Vine another of those tools? Amazon Vine is a program where uh, you can get reviews from people that are considered, uh, I guess, top reviewers on the Amazon platform. So if you're in the Vine program, you leave some of the most, uh, some of the highest quality and largest quantity of reviews on the Amazon platform. And once you get into the Vine program as a customer, uh, sellers are able to offer their product to you at a discount or for free for you to review the product. So as a seller, it benefits me in that I can, uh, if I have a new product that doesn't have any reviews yet on the Amazon platform, I can enroll my product in the Vine program, give up a, a piece of inventory to get a review from somebody else. And as a, as a customer, you benefit as well uh, if you can get into the Vine program because uh, you're getting uh, the opportunity to, to test all these products for free. Uh, so you get a lot of things uh, that interest you. You select what you want. And then from there, that's kind of a, a way that sellers and, and customers kind of work together on that. I am in the Vine program. I love it, but I have to be very careful because it's not free. You're getting the product for free, but you're going to pay taxes. So, you know, don't get all excited and start ordering stuff all the time. You will wind up and going at the end of the year going, oh, that hurt. So, but you're right. I've gotten some terrific products that I probably would have never even looked at. Yeah. And we always recommend to all of our clients to be in the Vine program. Uh, when you are a Vine reviewer as well, as a customer, you get a special little tag next to your name that says uh, Vine review. Uh, and that is, it helps other consumers know that this is more trustworthy, I guess I would say. This is from someone that frequently reviews products that knows what they're looking for. Uh, and that's beneficial for the seller as well, because when you have more of those people that are authenticated, I'll say, uh, as Vine members, it, it makes your product look more and more professional. It does. And I'm pretty sure that the reason I got invited into Vine is because most of my guests, hundreds of my guests on this podcast have sent me their books and I have gone back and then bought the books because I don't like to mark books. I really don't. So even though some of them have been gifts, I will also go buy the Kindle book version. I like to have two books handy, one that I can read and kind of scribble in, mark it up, yellow, highlight it, and one that's pristine. I'm just funny that way. And I've been doing this for years. So I suspect that's how I wound up in the program. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. If you're a frequent buyer, if you're leaving reviews frequently on other people's products, that's one way you can get invited to the program. Um, but I digress. It's, it is it is helpful uh, for sellers to, to, to be in the program, but it's also beneficial to uh, consumers. Gotcha. Okay, in terms of Amazon SEO, are there any particular strategies that you find that are the best or the most effective for optimization? 
So I mentioned it briefly before about how the search engine works on Amazon. Uh, there's three factors that go into it. Uh, it is your sales history, your sales conversion, uh, conversion rate, and the overall number of sales that you're generating. Uh, when we think about those, uh, it's always helpful to start with the conversion rate. So conversion rates are specific to a customer coming to, to the platform and searching for something. So if a customer comes to the platform, and I'm going to use the coffee mug example again, uh, and searches coffee mug and they buy your product, that conversion uh, is a signal to Amazon. It's saying, hey, this product is relevant for this keyword. So when you know that, it's like, okay, what are the main keywords for the product that I have? So for example, with a coffee mug, um, you know, coffee mug is probably the number one keyword that you're going to be looking for. Mug might be another one. Um, we could say maybe coffee thermos. That might be one. There's a variety of different keywords that you're going to use. The keywords are going to go throughout your product listing with the most important keywords being in the title. So if it's most uh -huh. relevant to the consumer product, yeah, they're going to want to be able to search for that. And I would think, and this may be way too broad a category, but gifts or gift giving. Mm. Gifts are too broad. Yeah. yeah. They, that, the more specific you can get with the keywords, the better. So we have a lot of customers or a lot of clients of our agency that always want to put, you know, best holiday gift or best men's gift or best men's Christmas gift or all, all these types of keywords in their product titles. And yes, it can be beneficial in the short term, but in the long term, there's you're competing against everyone else that's putting those keywords in and they're not really relevant to your product. It may be the best men's gift or the best woman's gift or, or, or whoever you're giving it to for a person that's interested in that type of product. And because of that, you're going to have a low conversion rate. The ability to rank for it is not going to be great. And at the end of the season, you're going to lose the rank for that anyway. So we always recommend just focusing on the main keywords that are most uh, important to your product when you're looking at it, at it from an SEO perspective. And then there's a variety of other ways that you can promote the holiday aspects of it using ads on the platform and using content that you're creating within Amazon. I was just going to ask you if, the, if your brand is already SEO optimized, why would you still need to invest in advertising? But I think you just answered that. Well, it's because it, there's constantly new competition on the platform. Uh, so for example, if you uh, are ranked number one for coffee mug, uh, there might be another seller that comes on with a coffee mug and starts converting better on the keyword. And then at some point they may overtake you. So it's a defensive strategy uh, as well as an offensive strategy. You originally want to start advertising to get your product to the top of search results pages. Once it's there, you want to start advertising to keep it there. And, and that's the big differential uh, right there and, and why you need to do it. I saw a uh, post recently uh, just kind of that highlights this uh, changing uh, of SEO on Amazon and the average lifespan of a top seller on Amazon, of a top selling product on Amazon is less than seven years. So essentially, really? every, yeah. So essentially every seven years, the, the number one product is changing. Uh, uh, and that's that's important to consider is that it takes a lot of effort to stay there. Seven years is a long time, but you if you don't invest, the, the, the life cycle is going to be much shorter than seven years. And then you have these disruptor brands that you know come up against you. Exactly. And we were a disruptive brand, the art supply brand that I created. That's what we were doing. And 
there are so many talented individuals at e-commerce uh, that they know exactly how to play, uh, you know, all the rules to the game. They they know how to get their products ranked. They know how to do the advertising. They know how to keep how to stay there. If they have the product and they have the inventory and you know the capital to to be able to continue to push it over time, they're able to really get their brands there quickly. And they really they can start dominating some categories that are historically dominated by other brands uh, that are well known. So that's one of the really interesting thing things about disruptor brands is that you can come into Amazon with the right ad strategy. Uh, you can kind of do you know, growth hacking or guerrilla marketing strategies, whatever you want to get your product to the top of page one. And from there, you're going to be able to take market share from some of the, the top brands that are out there. And that makes sense. And I know that people who are listening going, this sounds like a job. It is. If you're going to make this a business, you need to be all in. Exactly. It's a full-time job. And that's that's why we exist. Uh, you know, we help a lot of companies that don't have the resources internally to manage it themselves. And when we look at this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about so 70% of people go to Amazon just to to search for a product, whether they're gonna buy it or not, they just want to see if it's there, they want to read the reviews, whatever the reason is. If that many people are going to Amazon. You have to be there to have your product or your brand even found. If you're not there, then you're just losing uh, the brand visibility. You're, you're losing consumer interest. And that is going to affect your growth over time. Either consumers are going to churn if they've already bought your product and go to a different product, or they're just never going to discover it and you're never going to grow. So Amazon is a full-time job, not only to manage the platform, but also to manage the visibility of your brand overall online. Well, and like I told you for these insulin needles, I need them. She cannot do without her insulin. That's just all there is to it. And three times in a row, and I had them on um, repeat three times in a row. Oh, we, you know, we're out of stock, we're out of stock. Well, why didn't, and I was getting miffed and I bought them. I bought them at Chewy's, but I, you know, I was saying, I'm loyal. I'm, I'll stay over here. You're loyal until you're not anymore. But I could not understand why somebody on their team, if I was getting these messages, we were out of stock, we're out of stock, wasn't the, the company owner, the business owner in, in that marketplace being notified as well? What was happening there? Yeah, I, I mean, they probably were. They probably were getting aware of what was happening. Uh, it could be many It could be a, many different reasons why they, they weren't in stock anymore. It could be they ran out of inventory. They could have had manufacturing problems, supply chain problems. Uh, the inventory could have been an Amazon, but not processed yet. That's a common uh, thing that happens a lot, especially around Q4. So there's a variety of different reasons that people go out of stock. But like you said, whenever you go out of stock, the brand loyalty people have to your brand does not matter if they need the product, they're going to go find it somewhere else. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, and being able to capture uh, the attention of a consumer is one thing. Being able to re retain them over time requires really good branding, really good customer experience, availability of the product, all of these different things that take a lot of effort and time to focus on. And when you're not doing all of these pieces together, it's kind of, you're kind of wasting the money you're investing into the platform if you don't have a plan or a system to manage everything else. Exactly. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of people like me will create subscriptions, you know, for insulin, for cat food, for whatever it is, things that, you know, they're better priced in Amazon. I don't necessarily want to have it shipped from or brought over from Walmart. You know, there's just different reasons. 
periodically I will go through my subscriptions and say, hmm, well, you're not giving me what I need. You're done. And I just start cleaning house. I don't think I'm alone in that. No, not at all. And a lot of people end up uh, with products that they're getting every month that is convenient for them and they just continue to happen and you know they don't say anything until the product doesn't arrive. And that's when they notice. And it's one of the benefits for the brand owners or for the sellers in that the consumer is going to continue to purchase your product over time if they enjoy it, if there's no problems. But when there is a problem is where you start seeing that churn, where you start seeing the numbers drop off and you're kind of undoing all the work that you were doing before. So it's it's what I was saying again is it, if you're going to invest in the platform, make sure you're investing in all of your capabilities to actually be successful, not just you know throwing it out there, seeing what happens. That's that's not going to lead to success no, in the long term. It never does. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean that's that's just what we help all of our our clients understand and help them build out the systems on how to manage that. So when you're working with your clients, what are some of the challenges that they have faced along the way and how do you help them overcome them? I'm listening to you going, understand that, understand that. Oh, I have more questions. This is, and I'm going to state it again. This is a full-time business. If you're really going to go, you know, if you're going to start your own marketplace on Amazon, I think you really need to understand that you can't really do it all on your own. You're going to need help and you need to understand what it is that you're doing. I I think to a certain point you can do it on your own, but it's usually I'm not gonna the, try. Seriously. The, the very initial phases. Right. I mean, there's so many things I don't know as much as I've been studying this yeah. and listening to you. I realize how much I still don't know. I'm not going to try to do this on my own because I have another business. Yeah. You know, and that's my reason for, you know, talking with you and, um, really looking into Amazon because I will be creating my own marketplace over there, but it's scary. It is. And uh, again, any one individual can can start something and they can be successful with it. It just takes time. It takes patience. You need to learn all the resources that are online that can uh, provide information on what to do, what not to do. And there's a lot of resources out there, um, including the, our course that you mentioned before. But the point is like, you just need to be committed to it. Uh, I think you said it like you have another business. We've come across plenty of clients that are like, oh, I just want to make some you know, side income or I, want, I have a side hustle that I want to make some money from. And I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. And, and those are the ones that we struggle with the most because they're not invested into the platform. They think it's going to be passive. Uh, they think we're going to be able to do everything for them. And it's really not really working as a team uh, because they have things we need. We have things they need. And if we're not communicating uh, clearly and frequently, we're not able to get success uh, or achieve the highest level of success for them. And it leaves everyone a little bit frustrated. So you got to have the time, you got to be invested. Uh, and then from there, you'll you'll start seeing more of the success. If you're going to get serious about it, you need to craft, you have to built in the time, the systems, the goals, the processes. You know, if you don't have checklists, I operate with checklists my entire life. I mean, everything I do, there's a checklist for it because if I don't, I get lost. Yeah. It's easy to get, uh, it's easy for the details to fall through the cracks. And we see that all the time. I mean, we do that at scale for hundreds of brands. So when we see things uh, falling through the cracks, it, it's exactly what it comes down to is not following the basic steps of what needs to be done. And sometimes it's within our control. Sometimes it's outside of our control. Like I said, sometimes clients have inventory or manufacturing issues that that delay things or, or cause problems. But 
you know, when we run out of stock, it's going to cascade the rest of the items that are on the checklist. And, you know, we're not going to be able to, to make sure that things keep moving in the right direction. We're actually going to have to go back to the beginning and kind of start building again. Yeah, and nobody wants to do that, but it happens in all industries. It's like, well, you know, I took my eye off the ball. Now I have to start over. Like, I'm a web developer. And if I'm not constantly letting people know that I've got time in my schedule for new websites or, you know, I can do this, that, or the other, nobody pays attention. I'm very good at what I do. I love what I do. But how many web developers are there? A lot. So I need to, you know, keep people interested in what I'm doing and aware of what we can bring to the table. Otherwise, I have to start over again. And that's exactly. costly. It's annoying. It's costly. And it, you can go broke very quickly. Exactly. It's all about the visibility. It's putting yourself out there. Amazon is no different. It's all about getting out there, getting the advertising, getting the visibility. If you're not there, you're not going to be found. And I think that's one of the, the big takeaways here is being visible uh, wherever, whatever platform it is, wherever people are going to find you, you need to be, uh, you need to maximize your visibility on that platform. Absolutely. Um, can you tell us some, I know you've been doing this for a while, but do you have any early stories where you guys just went, Oh, that's great. Or, Oh, what the heck were we thinking? Yeah. I mean, we made every mistake in the book when we that's were starting. That's what I was really asking. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, uh, it was our, so my background was in real estate. Uh, I had a partner whose background was in uh, sales and another partner whose background was in consulting. Uh, none of us were really involved in retail or, or product development or anything like that. And we ran into a variety of different issues. And it's part of the reason that we went uh, and became a, an advertising firm is that we realized our strengths were the advertising and marketing. Where our weaknesses were, were the product development and the uh, the manufacturing and the, the the logistics of having a brand, and that's an important that's a very important element. If you don't have those, then that's going to be a big challenge. The uh, first mistake we made uh, was we were in the art supply category. We had one product that was selling really well. We wanted to expand the uh, range of products that we offered in the art supply category. We decided to buy colored pencils. We didn't know that colored pencils from China have a tariff when they come into the U.S. And Ooh. yeah, that one pretty much made the product unviable. Uh, Crayola was selling colored pencils for four or five dollars uh, per pack on Amazon, and after the tariffs alone, our costs were nine, ten dollars. So there was no way for us to compete. So that was one big loss we took. Another big loss, which honestly almost ended the first brand we were we were uh, working on on the art supply side was uh, we had problems with our manufacturer and we were looking for other manufacturers to produce our product. Uh, and this is one of the risks of doing business in China in general is that the manufacturers will just take your idea and just rip it off and create it themselves. So we went out. Yeah. So we went out and tried to, to build a couple try to find a couple other factories that we could produce our product in. And what we noticed was uh, a few weeks later, there was a competitor with the exact same product we had uh, up there. So I think we were our own undoing on that. We made them aware that the product category was good, how much volume we were selling. And then they were like, oh, well, we're just going to do this ourselves. And we talked about that a, a little bit earlier. And yeah. you watch what other people are doing. So well, I can do that too. I can do it exactly. better. Exactly. And uh, that's what it's one of the interesting things about e-commerce is like we're never no one's really reinventing the wheel here. 
It's just figuring out what people want and figuring out how to do it better or how to do it cheaper or how to differentiate yourself from the other products that are out there. Uh, that's mainly what this is. I mean, the strategies uh, of getting your product sold, of the advertising, of the marketing, all of that's going to be different. But when it comes to the actual product ideation and the product development, there's really no one or not many people that are really reinventing the wheel with a product category that's like completely different other than massive corporations like Google or Amazon or, or you know who knows. But the average seller is just really iterating on what's already out there. And that does make sense. I mean, you don't want to start all over, reinvent something you have no idea is it going to, or invent something that you you don't have anything to back it up. You don't know if it's actually going to work or be viable, or you'll you know make a living with it. You just don't know. So it's best to, in my opinion or my observation anyway, find what is working, and join in the crowd. Yes, I would agree. I, I think that's part of it. Is find what is working. What what people want and then start uh, figuring out how are you going to get it in front of them? Obviously as a, a new seller, you, you're not going to have the same resources as some more established brands. So, you know, back to the Crayola example, if I'm going to come in with a new art supply product, I don't have the resources that Crayola has on my own, but maybe I have a blog or maybe I have an Instagram page, or maybe I have an email list of people in a certain category that are interested in this product that I can start marketing to or using to start driving more traffic that would be interested in my product. So it's being, it is finding things that people want to buy. It's being in the categories that uh, are in demand, but it's also having the ability to reach people. Amazon is, you know, Amazon's organic search is one way for people to find you. But if you have outside sources, like an email list, like an Instagram page, like a blog, whatever it may be, that's going to give you a huge leg up on the competition because it's not only about having the product, but it's how to capture their attention. And where they are. Some people are on TikTok. I avoid it. You know, some people love Instagram. Some people are on Facebook. You know, LinkedIn is business to business, but you need to figure out where your audience or your consumers really are and exactly get them there. Exactly. And that's one of the things that we're focusing on more and more. I mean, I mentioned earlier that the black Friday, cyber Monday ad spend on Amazon was up 59%, but conversion rates were down 18% and sales were only up 18%. So you, people were spending more money on advertising to get that awareness and they were getting less return from it. And that is not sustainable in the long run. The only thing that is sustainable in the long run is being able to build an audience or uh, connect with a consumer in other ways like TikTok. That's one way that we are helping brands uh, get more visibility for their products. And then using this cheaper traffic to push them to Amazon to actually purchase the products. Because in the long term, I mean, we saw cost per clicks on keywords that were 15 to 20 dollars per click and the product only costs 15 dollars so no. that's not sustainable well even i know that math is not going to you can't hunt with that that's not going to work what is it they they call it? and i never pay any attention to this but this annual thing that anima, amazon has where amazon days or something like that what is that called uh prime day that's when yeah, they have yeah, all yeah. the big discounts yeah yeah well they're not <laughs> so uh -huh. I ignore it. You know, I used to look at it and think, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. But when you look at it, really look at it saying, mm, I've seen that price before. I'm not sure why they're calling this a Prime Day. But I have read, and I don't know if, if I'm remembering this correctly, that those Prime Days are kind of dwindling. People are not paying as much attention anymore. The am sales I, were... Am I wrong? 
No, I mean, it's tough to say exactly. The sales volume, like volume wise are higher, uh, but the average sales leading up to those periods are seeing a, a significant drop. So maybe the average is balancing out. Um, but I would say like, this is another big challenge that a lot of brands have, especially a lot of uh, smaller businesses is that Amazon has shifted more and more. And we saw this a lot on Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, for visibility during these high deal periods or these high shopping periods like Prime Day, like Black Friday. Uh, they are prioritizing products that have larger discounts. So if you are not offering more than 30% off your product, your product's not going to be discoverable. So not only are you paying 59% more on your advertising, you're also discounting your product 30 or 40% or more. There's no way that brands, especially small brands, can continue to do that in the long term. So it's about building a strategy to maximize your visibility on Amazon and find traffic outside of Amazon that you can bring to purchase from Amazon. It's because the the entire Amazon ecosystem has evolved since 2015 significantly, and it's getting to a point where it's incredibly complex. And the only way to really compete on the platform is to understand all these complexities and be able to pull it all together now. Again, yeah, that's why you seek out help. I am. I am not trying to do this on my own. I'm really passionate about what I'm building, but I'm also smart enough to know that I don't know enough to really be good at it. And to be successful at it. So there is that. And that's why you know, I think people need to go find you and start asking questions and, you know, download your YouTube videos and make some decisions before you make the decision, I guess, is my point. Yeah. I mean, it always helps to do your research ahead of time on anything, but specifically in this market, and I would make the same recommendation to you because uh, I know pet supp supplements are competitive. I would try to figure out maybe other channels before going to Amazon to create the brand awareness a little bit more, whether it's building your own website and doing SEO or working with uh, veterinarians or someone like that that can help get your product in front of other people that they will then go search for the product online. That would be such a, such a more sustainable uh, plan in the long term versus just throwing something up on Amazon uh, and trying to make money because your margins are going to be lower than any, any other platform with the cost of advertising and all the fees that come along with it. So building kind of that awareness or that traffic or that demand for your product before uh, coming to Amazon is also incredibly valuable for the growth in the long term. And that does make a lot of sense. And thank you for that. What I wanted to ask you there are some, are there any current trends? And I just wrote that down. Thank you. Current trends or developments in e-commerce, like let's say Shopify or Amazon, or because pretty much you can shop online for almost anything you need. Are you seeing anything that makes your eyebrows raise or makes you go, hmm, we can do that. We can do it better. I think one of the interesting things that we're seeing, uh, or there's a couple different things that we're finding very interesting. It's one of the reasons that we started the the other company, Go Avance, is that uh, more brands are interested in expanding outside of the U.S. Um, because e-commerce is growing rapidly around the world. Uh, for example, I I actually live in Mexico. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Uh, and here in Mexico, e-commerce has grown, I think, 27% year over year for the past two or three years. Uh, it's even higher in some other countries around the world. So a lot of brands are focusing on getting into these markets e uh, earlier to be able to get their products positioned for the long term, which I think is a very smart strategy. Another interesting trend I would say is that 
the way that people shop is changing. Younger generations are shopping more from video uh, than anything. And this is actually a trend that's already. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. So video advertising, TikTok, uh, TikTok stores came out, Instagram stores. Uh, people want to see video. They want to see how the product looks. They want to see uh, people using it, see if it makes sense for them. And then they purchase the product from there. So platforms that are video first, like TikTok, like YouTube, like uh, Instagram, are becoming more powerful sales tools for brands. That does make sense. Okay. So, yeah, and I think I did know that you lived in Mexico, and I know that you're talking about, you know, working in Latin America. Don't you have something on your website that talks about that? Yeah. Uh, so we essentially started a, a distribution business here in Latin America for foreign brands to get into Latin America. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, the product selection that consumers have here is still pretty low. When we think about when we go to Amazon and we search any product category, there might be thousands of options for any product. Whereas you come to Mexico or other countries and you search for a product and there may only be 10 or 20 or 100 so your opportunity to compete is a lot higher because the competition is a lot lower. So essentially what we decided was uh, from a consumer standpoint and living here is like, I want access to these products. I can't find them here. How do I get them here? Well, why don't I just bring them in and you know distribute them myself? Uh, and at the same time on, on the seller side or on the brand side, it's very difficult to get into Mexico unless you have a business here or unless you have a business partner here and you have a tax ID and all these other requirements. Uh, and obviously knowing Spanish would be helpful for all of this. So we're really solving uh, things from two different angles is one, how do we improve the consumer experience on the Amazon platform by offering more products? And two, how do we uh, improve the seller experience by making a seamless opportunity for them to get into Latin America? And that's what we're, that's one of the things we're working on. It's one of the things that I'm most excited about right now. And we've been seeing a lot of good progress with it. Give me some, um, some ideas. What are you working on? Not ideas, but, you know, some case studies, if you will. Sure. So for example, uh, we work with uh, a couple of different brands down here. Uh, one of them is a brand that was on Shark Tank, actually. Uh, so it's a very well-known brand and, when we brought them down here to Mexico, the sales volume is going to be lower. It's not the same as the U.S., but their margins are actually higher. So they're making more money per unit sold here in Mexico than they make in the U.S. So that's one good way that a lot of brands benefit. Uh, another one, uh, we work with a supplement brand. Uh, the supplement brand does well on Amazon or their SKUs do well on Amazon. On average, they do about $20,000 a month, which is okay. It's small compared to what the leader, leaders in the categories are doing but we've brought them down to Mexico and they're already doing $20,000 a month here as one of the leaders in the category. So it's, it's first mover advantage in that you can get to the top of the, the category here early. Uh, you can increase your margins because the cost of advertising and the cost of selling here is much lower than the U S and yeah, I mean, those are mainly the benefits for it. You're also creating more brand awareness for consumers in other countries. So um, uh, those are the benefits that we see for most brands and where most brands see the benefit for themselves. So let's say you're an American company and you want to work in Latin America, Latin America. Do you have to have the tax ID? Do you have to have a partner? Is that for, if you're a physical business? You do, uh, for a, uh, for any physical good, uh, you have to have one of two things to get into the country. You either have to have a distributor who is going to purchase the product from you and they are going to have, uh, their own tax ID to import the product 
or if you're going to import the product yourself, you need to have your own business and your own tax ID. And specifically in Mexico, uh, to do that, you need to have a Mexican business partner to start a business. Uh, From there, you can go apply for the tax ID. And then from there, you need to apply for importer of record and a variety of other approvals to get the product uh, into the country. And that's that's before you even go to apply for a bank account, which is a whole different nightmare. Uh, I can imagine. To start a business. uh, When we started our business here, it took about six months. What? Um, for a bank account? It took four months for the bank account, two months to start the business. Oh my goodness. So you you're looking you could want your money, but apparently not. You're looking yeah, I mean you're looking at a, a pretty significant uh time delay in, in getting selling in the in the marketplace. Whereas like working with us, we can get them selling within three weeks. So it's really whether you see the investment and in, in the time and, and effort into doing this being worth it. Uh, versus working with someone like us who can just make it seamless for you and you you get selling right away. And that's like Mexico. There's other countries that are worse. In Brazil, you're looking at 12 to 18 months to start a business. Uh, and that's that that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I mean, we're so used to the US. You, you want a LLC, you start an LLC in one day pretty much. Um, but 12 to 18 months to get a business up and running, that's a very big investment in time, resources, and not knowing what the end result is going to be is difficult for a lot of brands to do. I would imagine a lot of brands just don't think it's worth it. I'm not sure I would. What I wanted to ask you too is I've got all kinds of questions. I really do. Oh, and you mentioned crayons. I have have a comment on that. You know, you would think, you know, Crayola, who really, you maybe, you know, maybe buy something for your, your small children or your niece, but you know, it's not something after a certain age you're going to pay much attention to. I buy bathtub crayons all the time because when I'm in the shower and my brain is shut down and I, you know, I take a shower that's hot enough to steam cabbage really. And all of a sudden I start getting these downloads. I call them God winks and my brain can't keep them in my brain. By the time I'm out, I'm dried, I'm dressed. I've forgotten it. And they were brilliant. So I have bathtub crayons that I take in the shower with me and I scribble all over the walls. And then I take a picture of it after the smoke clears. Or the, you know, it's, I can see through the, the moisture in the bathroom. I'll take a picture and then I scrub the walls down and I haven't lost anything. So you, you're going to always need crayons is my point. That's a, that's interesting. And I actually didn't even know that existed. I like that idea because I frequently yeah. have ideas when I'm showering as well. Think we all do, and I was losing them. I mean, I can remember many times, you know, streaking across the house, wet, no towel, to get to my computer, so I didn't lose that, you know, really important thought. I'm gonna fall and break something one day, so I got bathtub crayons. It works better. <laughs> that's a good, that's a great solution, great innovation, right there. Yeah, it really is. So before I let you go, we're running out of time here. Uh, what are the, some of the biggest achievements or accomplishments that you guys in your company have achieved so far? What are you the most proud of? I think the thing that we're always most proud of uh, is the success we've uh, had for our clients. I mean, there's various stories where we've taken brands from zero to doing over $10 million a year on Amazon, which is pretty impressive itself. But the other big success that we like celebrating is the team that we've built. Uh, at this point, we have 60 employees working uh, in the e-commerce space, mostly here in Latin America, but some in the US and Europe as well. And it's been great seeing 
how excited all of these people are to build something online. Uh, at the end of the day, this is like a big game that we're playing is how can we sell more products? It's very, uh, there's a score to keep because the score is the, the the amount of revenue that sales are going up. And it's been a really fun project for everyone to build. Uh, we really enjoyed scaling it so far. Well, I love the the passion when you're talking about this. It's You're not in danger of burnout, are you? From selling? No. From dealing with clients sometimes, but that's a different type of headache. I know. I'm a web developer. I get that. One of the things that, that you mentioned earlier is that, you know, when you're talking with clients who are like me, they've got another business or two, and they just can't really come to the table and commit. Sometimes do you have to just say, listen, get back with us when you're ready, or we probably can't help you. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough conversation to have, but it, it does happen frequently where if the brands don't have the right resources to invest in success on the platform, and this comes in the form of advertising budget, uh, off-market efforts, uh, you know, we help them with a lot of the other aspects, but it does take an investment from the brand. If they're not there yet, if they're too early uh, or they don't have the capital, it's generally not going to be a good fit for us. And yeah, we have to frequently have those conversations with uh, people that are coming to us looking for our help. So what I'm taking away from this is you can't just have an idea, throw it up on Amazon and go, oh, I'm going to be rich. You need to invest. You need to have you know goals. You need to have strategies. You need to have somebody on your team that can say, man, that's a good idea or nah, that's not going to work. Exactly. I mean, it's one of the keys to being successful on this platform in the long term. This isn't 2014, 2015 anymore when I was starting and you just threw a product up there and it sold. It can happen from time to time. Like I've heard stories of it happening from time to time, but it is not like that anymore. We 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 could do that with any product back then. And now they're the sellers on Amazon are much more sophisticated. Uh, they understand how the platform works much more, and it takes a lot much. Uh, it takes much more effort to to really see those big wins on Amazon. I would imagine, and as a consumer, I'm a lot smarter about Amazon than I used to be. Now I don't take anything for granted. I read those reviews. And you exactly. know, they're kind of, some of them are like, uh, and some of them are outright ugly. I'm gone. I leave. Exactly. That's another good point is that consumers know much more about how to shop on the platform, how to use it. What's a real deal. What's not, what's a, a Chinese knockoff versus what's a real product. That's right. another common problem. Right. So uh, yeah, it, it's, everyone has become more sophisticated when it comes to to, to selling and buying on Amazon. It's not a bad thing. Listen, where can people find you? You've talked about, um, Guavance, you know, let people know where they can locate you and how they can connect with you online. Yeah, the best ways to 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 get in contact with me are directly at my emails. Uh, it's mike at amzadvisors.com or mike at goavance.com. Uh, you can also reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Michael Begg on there. I'm the CEO of AMZ Advisors. So I'm always glad to connect with anyone and uh, see if there's any ways we can work together. Perfect. Mike, I really appreciate your company today. And I was scribbling like crazy because this is a topic that I've been very, very interested in. Didn't know where to start. Didn't know where to go. Still don't really. But I know that I can follow you around and go, ah, there's the answer to a question that I didn't even know I had yet. So thank you for that. And you've already shared your online presence. So if you have anything that you'd like to share before I let you go, yeah, you know, let us know. And then I will have to say goodbye regretfully, but I will have to say goodbye. 
No, it, it, Denise, thank you for having me here today. It's been great speaking with you as well. Uh, like I would say, the last thing I would leave the listeners with is that if you're going to invest in the Amazon platform, be ready to invest. It's going to take money. Don't think that this is going to be a short, uh, quick win. It's going to be a long-term game plan. And that's really where you're going to see the success that you want. And that's really what I wanted people to understand. You can't just toss it up there and go, woohoo. You have to work it. You have to understand it. So thank you so much for, you know, sharing your experiences with us. And to the audience, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot. If you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. And the reason for that is your input is very vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with your friends and your colleagues. And be sure to find Mike Begg on the the web, the internet, and connect with him. And thank you for tuning in. Mike, thank you so much. Thank you again, Denise. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.